From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy. Visit the dot consulting dot co. Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future. Thank you so much for joining me and spending an hour of your time to join me and my experts as we talk and explore around all things about moving our career and our personal lives forward. This show focuses on education-based concepts around technology, learning, writing, mathematics, business, marketing, and everything in between, because all of those pieces come together to really move us forward in our careers and our personal lives and help drive decisions that we want to make in order to make the best of our career and what we expect for our families and our friends and how we personally want to show up each day when we come and into our work environment. Today, our guest on the show is Lisa Caprelli, who is, let me just tell you all, an incredible incredibly distinguished woman in both the fields of professional writing and entrepreneurship. She is a speaker, songwriter, and award-winning author of the Unicorn book series, Unicorn Jazz. She is the author of 16 books and has produced music videos for kids. Lisa is a producer and director of Unicorn Jazz Presents, The Thing I Do, Kids show on Amazon TV, which is described as a modern day Sesame Street meets Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. I can't wait to learn more about this. And I have watched it, but I, I'd like to hear uh, how this all came to be. And, and the thing that's so interesting about her show is kids can send in their own video content, music, talent, and more. The marketing branding over, she has also been, done marketing branding with over 150 CEOs. And this was really the pivotal point that led her to a life change in 2018 to start creating a children's brand. And we're going to dig into more about that. Unicorn Jazz is the first book, and the, it is all about a shy unicorn who moves to a new land in search of new friends. So, Lisa, I am just thrilled to have you on the show. There's so much more that I can talk about in your bio, but I'd like to say hello. Welcome to the show, and um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me. Very excited to speak with you and your listeners to receive some valuable information. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your background. Um, I know there's some here in the bio, but I'd like to hear it from your perspective. Tell me a little bit about your journey. I know in 2018, of course, you went to the children's brand, but what led you to that? What what was the buildup? What was your childhood like that moved you into the career of PR and marketing? Thank you for asking. Well, I feel that our lives, as we go decade by decade, um, we can't ever predict what we're going to do when we grow up from when we're a child, for sure. (laughs) I think we all can say that or or the talents and interests we're going to have. 
Um, so yeah, I did grow up uh, with humble beginnings in El Paso, Texas, um, a family of, of five. My mom was a single mom. And, you know, we did the best we could figuring out what we were going to do in life and getting our education. My grandmother always encouraged us to get an education. She had, no, you know, a third grade um, uh, education. She was forced to drop out of school when her mother passed away and she had to take care of her family. So she, you know, she was very impressionable upon me, as I'm sure there's people that can relate to someone that, you know, pushed them to do more or be more. And that for me at an early age was my, my grandmother. I grew up really shy, like my character, Unicorn Jazz. I was the shyest one probably in the whole school. Um, I found my voice on paper, on writing. And I always wished that someone would have pushed me more to foster that or foster that I was creative and artsy. I had no clue until I was an adult that, that these skill sets that were just kind of naturally inborn or ingrained in me. Um, I realized that as I grew up, I moved to California 20 years ago now. And um, I became an entrepreneur immediately and I helped different people start their own businesses, launch them through my marketing background, my social psychology background. And marketing really is understanding the psychology of your market. And after doing that, and as you said earlier, you know, working with over 150 CEOs and brands and, and helping them to reach you know, some really awesome success, it, I, I had enough wherewithal to realize like, what is it that I want to do? What could I, how could I apply all these skill sets and learning all kinds of different businesses, really just a variety of businesses, whether it was a car dealership, a med device company, other authors, other brands, other speakers. Uh, and I, I wanted to kind of go back into my childhood and say, what could I have done more? And then obviously with that, said reaching more children at a young age and impressing upon them. By now I have done broadcast radio. I had, you know, I put made people into speakers and coached them and it was like my turn. And, and did, it, did it come with challenges? Yes. I didn't want to be the speaker. I didn't want to be behind the camera scene, but I knew like there's a saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So I, uh, I, I said, I'm going to write children's books and I'm going to get experts in what they do. My, my illustrator is my cousin, Davey Villalobos. He was his lifelong dream to be a published illustrator that he has done, done and then some. And um, I didn't realize how powerful my marketing background would build the brand. I, I kind of just took it for granted. <laughs> you know, I knew how to build websites. I knew how to do so, you know, with any business, marketing is going to be the key to success. So I quickly grew the brand um, very rapidly. Um, I started going into schools and having a platform of, of speaking to the entire school, whether it's 300 kids, 1,000 kids, you know, in one day. And I realized how blessed I was and how, how God had set me up for this lifetime that I didn't know I was going to have. And the moment I started speaking to children and, of course, their vulnerability, their innocence, and then really paying attention to the message that I could share with them that went beyond the books, beyond the characters, that went beyond imagination. And I would see them just light up. It, it, it was very impactful, more impactful than anything I've ever done in my life. And it, it, it gave me a, a lot of personal responsibility to, to, you know, if I have this time with these kids, what more can I do? What are they asking? So there was, you know, many common things that they started asking school to school, boys and girls, um, including the teachers and educators that would, would, were so joyful that I got them excited about reading and writing. And we want to get our kids excited about that. But beyond that, what was my skill set? And, and that's where the thing I do, my book 
is called The Thing I Do. There's a song called The Thing I Do. There's a show that's on Amazon called Unicorn Jazz Presents The Thing I Do. And The Thing I Do is really about the thing that you do. Like who, if you're listening to this, what are your things? What are your different interests that you like to do? Maybe you haven't done them yet. And realizing that we all need a team, you know, without without professional singers, I wouldn't have songs, even though I've written songs. Without my illustrator, I wouldn't have, have books. Without connecting with people like, you know, you and your platform with podcast shows, I wouldn't have a voice to lend to that. So it's really realizing that we all need each other. I love everything you've said. I've just been nodding my head profusely as you've been talking, which I know people can't see, but I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. There are a couple things that I wanted to bring up that I thought are really important. One is that you spent time working with others and growing your career and then really started thinking about what was it that would fill your bucket to light you up and how could you take your skill set and scale it and make it so that others could also have um, be able to be a part of what you do best, which is connecting and the writing. That writing piece, you know, for a long time, I think people always said that, you know, you can never make a career as a writer. And I'm thinking, my goodness, <laughs> everything we do requires writing and communication, yes. you know, it's yes. everything. But a couple of things you mentioned, one is, I really like that, uh, one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is about technology and driving decisions. And you mentioned that you went out and began to read your books and began to talk to children and you collected data. You began to ask questions to figure out what your customer who was your, was or the children and the teachers too, of course, but the children in particular and using that data to help make decisions. And I'm a big data geek and nerd, but I think sometimes people forget about how valuable that qualitative information is because you were able to use that to make decisions and then be able to create your next books and then to think about the thing that I do, which is really going back to a lot of what I talk about in terms of finding your tech genius. And that is finding on the inners, what do you do best? Where do you soar as an individual? And then starting there and then adding the other components to that. So I wanted to just bring that up because I, of course, my hairs were standing up. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was asking questions. She's collecting data. She's bringing all of that that she, you know, then what to, what direction to go in next in order to support the children. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I wrote a book called Skip a Step Imparting Wisdom for Young Entrepreneur Minds. I did that before Unicorn Jazz and I collected data with all these different uh, notable entrepreneur leaders that went beyond what was the meaning of life beyond money? What, what brought happiness? What would you tell your younger self? So I, I get, you know, I've always been interested in human behavior and the whys of what people do. And everyone has an amazing story in life. I mean, everybody can draw from different stories, whether it's their family background, whether it's their own story and their journey in making it and, and working very hard. Um, I, I came from, you know, my grandfather did work very hard. He worked for a railroad. He was a foreman and, and he had incredible work ethic. And I will pride myself saying I got that from him. I, you know, my children have gone that and, and, you know, different members of my family for sure. Um, and in Skip a Step, I got to, to view different people like Michael Gerber, author of the E-Myth series. And he says, you, you have to be willing to push beyond what's ordinary to achieve something extraordinary. He also says that there's something that kids have access to. And it's, it's a treasure trove. It's called 
reading. You know, different people said different things. Uh, you know, Dean Del Sesto said, money is not the most important part of a business. Relationships are. People are more rewarding than money. And I mean, God, just it's full of, yeah, so love many that. nuggets. And, and I asked, I would ask them at the end of the interviews, what is the meaning of life to you? You know, we, you know, look into the camera as I collected my data. And one day you could, we're going to pass on this earth, as we all know. What, would, what do you want people to know? And I heard things like the meaning of life is to create, to have vision, you know, people, you know, family, all these different things. My chapter is chapter 13. And something that was very profound for me by now was with my book, with my writing, with working with so many people, watching, observing, you know, their pitfalls and their, their trials and tribulations is I realized balance is the, is the key. And, you know, there's five areas of life that we all can fulfill, do more, learn more, grow from at any given time. And, and the, in the five areas, it's family, friendship, connection, career, and adventure. And I realized when, when someone was working too much, other hats suffered. And in, if you mm-hmm. didn't put time into your family and you're putting time into other things, you know, maybe you're, you're, you know, you're having too much fun and you got to be responsible, of course. So it was all these things that I, that I just came up with that. It was almost like my writer's brain has always been collecting data so that I can now spit it out. And, and thankfully, I can speak it out now, which was not my strength. Speaking was never my strength. Um, and it's, it, you know, so for me to be able to impress upon younger generation, like, like, what would I, you know, if I could be a speaker to myself, in a sense, what would I have told myself? And in that sense, impact the people around you. And, and for me, I, there was just no other way than to be, I want to help as many people as I can. And, and children are the future and being able to, to impress upon the younger generation that's going to grow up with the best of there's, there's no, uh, there's nothing else I want to do. So I love that you just said to, well, there's two things. One is you're exactly right. I mean, when you're, when you are walking in your passion and in your your life's work, there is nothing better. It fulfills you in every capacity. And I know sometimes that's, it's hard. Not everybody, I don't know. I think sometimes we all struggle with thinking we need to go to a job, a nine to five job, and then be able to do this and this. And then, but I often feel like if we can really walk in our path, we have such a bigger impact in those that are around us. I know someone once said too that there wasn't really a work-life balance, that that's not really a thing, that they all just kind of come together and that's yeah. the truth. I, I do believe in that. But you mentioned something a, a minute ago, and you said this earlier uh, when we were talking about that you, you were never quite comfortable with speaking, that your writing was where you found your voice. I want to ask uh-huh. two questions. This is going to be a double-sided question. One, uh-huh. how have you seen your writing change over over time, like over the, as we have grown yeah. as, as adults? And then two, how did you begin to, how did you take the first step to start overcoming that, that hesitation to be the, the fear? Speaker? Yeah, you know, writing for me, it does come naturally, like whether it's a social media message now, like you said, writing is everything. I was always writing the the PR, the the press releases for my clients, you know, ghost writing for them because they couldn't do it. And it was kind of like, again, if it's, if it's to be, it's up, to, it's up to me. I wish they did. You know, today I write a lot of my stuff for my publicist and I'm sure she's very grateful, but I look at it as I'd rather you do other things and I'll do the writing. Um, and, uh, 
um, I've seen it grow over time in that I, in a sense, I've collected, I collect words, I collect data, I can write some poignant things, and I can actually write really fast, you know, um, and I could write for a child, I could write for an adult, I can write for a marketing message. It's just comes with practice makes perfect. It's no different than, you know, musicians who are up on stage performing year after year, they started when they were little, and it's the craft that you develop. And uh for me, and then leveraging, segueing into speaking, it, I was not good for, I want to say 15 years. And, and I still forced myself to do it when I was in radio programming. And I, 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 inter- I was an interviewer once like you, I actually say to me, interviewing was a lot easier because you're asking questions of someone else and it just becomes right. an easy two way conversation. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so that helped me, but interviewing people helped me be, and then learning their style and, and how they responded. And, you know, there's some natural born great speakers out there. Again, I was never one of them. But there's something to be said about being around that, you know, like if you want to be a musician, be around musicians, you know, uh, and and so I could cringe when I used to hear myself. I used to have this really high pitched voice when I talk because that's because I was nervous and and I would I would cringe when I would hear myself and just going, oh, where is this coming from, Lisa? And, and you could do better than that and and still going, knowing that, you know, we are our own worst critics sometimes. And, and just doing it. I'll tell oh. you, the, pe- the pandemic also helped change me. Um, I was going into schools, having that p- wonderful platform and honor of speaking in front of children. When the pandemic happened and everything was halted for me, which was really, really a big setback. And I, after two weeks realizing that this pandemic, we don't know how long it's going to be. And I'm not going to let this stop me. How, what can I do versus what can I do? And I said, I have enough background to start a show. It was going to start off. It started off on Facebook and YouTube live with the dreams and visions of being on network, which now it's, I have it on Amazon TV, which, you know, I'd like to even grow from that. And, and that's happened in, in less than a year. And, uh, very proud of that and the teamwork and, and people that have helped me with that. And when I first did the, the shows using technology to zoom like software, different things like that, pre-recording, pre-recording is always a friend because you can edit out your mistakes. Um, I started using yes. puppets based on my characters because the puppet's not shy, but I was shy. And I would, at the end of every live, you know, Facebook live of the thing I do show, uh, oh, it was so stressful to me. No one could tell. I put on a front and it's almost like I got into this acting character mode that I don't know where it comes from, but it was just like, I have to do this. No one else could be the spokesperson for Unicorn Jazz at this point. No one else can have all this tied in and, and knowing who my audience is. And it was just something that every week I had to like, like psychologically prepare myself for. And then after a while, it just sunk in. And I just said, I'm not shy anymore. I'm not going to get nervous anymore. It was just something that I finally had confidence in myself that Lisa, you can do this. Yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, I'm going to make mistakes. It just, it just came together that now I, I own it. I know how to do all these different pieces. And um, I wanted, it was just one of those things that happened in life. And, and I'm just, I'm very grateful that, that I could go on any show. Of course, I want to get on bigger platforms and reach more millions of people. And I just tell myself, you're not going to be shy. You know, that's really impressive. And the piece of this that I think is so important for for our listeners to hear and myself too, you know, 
I think about over time that I have loved radio since, oh my goodness, I used to stand in my bedroom, Lisa, and I was DJ Sparky Sharon, um, which I've told the listeners before. And I, I would do the ramp up, like, welcome to the midnight hour and ramp it up. And then I record the song because I was actually very shy myself in high school. And wow. I love to speak. And I was, um, I've always felt drawn to communications and media. I never, much like you, I've never really wanted to be in front of the camera. I like the radio platform because I felt my voice could be heard, but I wasn't per se in front of a camera. And so we could have these conversations and you know, my crazy personality can still come through. But I, what I like the most about what you said, and this is similar to, to myself over time, is you were drawn to the fact that you wanted to share your message. And writing comes very naturally to you. And I am so jealous of that <laughs> because <laughs> I can sit down and code anything you put in front of me and I can still write, but it doesn't come as naturally to me. I can often, I often find myself speaking and recording it so that I can get my thoughts out. Yeah. Um, because just sitting down and writing, I often get writer's block. But what you said was really powerful. You worked at it. You knew you wanted to get your message. So one little step at a time, you kept trying, and even though you didn't like your voice in the very beginning, which is kind of like, you know, whenever you call on your and you leave your um, mm -hmm. message on your phone, you're like, right. oh, is that me? Is that my yeah. voice? Like over time, you begin to realize it's okay, and that, you know, and I like that. And the other thing that I think is really pivotal for everyone to remember is that Lisa's confidence came over time, and sometimes that's a little bit of where we forget that. It, it doesn't always happen overnight. We have to give ourselves grace mm -hmm. to let that keep growing and developing. Yeah. And, and it comes down to if you want something, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're going to wear many hats. So just, you just have to know that you're going to be uncomfortable and you're going to do things that you don't want to do and you could outsource it. Can you imagine me outsourcing my speaking? <laughs> I mean, how could I do that? You know, can, uh, you know, um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'm glad life left me, led me to this because then I'm not ever to worry and stress about those things. Like I don't have to sweat that small stuff in a sense, even though it was once big for me and I can focus my time on, on going to business, writing the next book, creating, you know, the next videos um, for the thing I do show, which I also learned how to edit last year during the pandemic, something that I didn't want to do. Um, but it's, it's been fun and to create like every day is never the same. I, I have yeah. so much fun creating, always saying, where am I supposed to be today? Where are my 10 hats supposed to be today this weekend? I'm, I'm able to adjust them just fine. Um, you know, and I, and I know that I'll grow um, a, a, with everything and be able to, to outsource and not do everything yourself. Cause that's a mistake that, you know, business owners can make is, is you don't, you spend your time doing the wrong things instead of, you know, growing your business. Right. So let's, Let's turn our, our hats just a little bit. And I'd like to know more about the unicorn. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's turn a little bit here and let's dig into more about the unicorn jazz series. And when you made that change in 2018, you had been working with CEOs. Did you immediately step away from that work and then hop into doing the work with uh, the brand of Unicorn Jazz or did that take a little bit of time? Yeah. And, and over the course of like, how long did it start to, to, for you to get this off the ground? And then you what know, was the <laughs> next progression? 
Well, if you know me, um, patience is not one of my virtues. Um, I like things to happen fast and um, take accountability for that. Uh, I knew I wanted to create a company. And, and, it was good, and I knew that my IP, my intellectual property, my copyright is writing, writing books. So um, I, it's around 2018. And I, I've been like, what kind of, what would I want to do? What kind of company? What would I want to sell? What kind of product? Da, da, da. And I started researching and then I just started seeing unicorns everywhere. And I, I started realizing it was a global iconic figure and, and people of all ages love unicorns, all sexes love unicorns. I started seeing it everywhere. So that was the first thing. And then I realized there's not a unicorn brand. There's like Hello Kitty, you know, Mickey Mouse. And I created Unicorn Jazz. And I wanted her to have special talent music, which I wish mine was more like hers. So that's the cool thing about fictional characters is you can make them be anything you want. So unicornjazz.com was available. I um I started, you know, creating a story and, and she was gonna have a musical note for a tale. My illustrator and I came up with that and I copy, uh, I trademarked that. So that was unique, but the stories in itself are copywritten. No one can do that. So, so that for me, creating the stories, creating the books were so essential because now um, if I, you know, I have a plush toy out and now I'm going to get ready for global licensing in a couple of months here and where, you know, I could have, if someone wants to turn into cartoon series or someone wants to do like a unicorn jazz pacifier, unicorn jazz, you know, t-shirts and things like that. It's smarter to partner and license your, you know, my characters than if I try to go do it myself. Like, I'm not going to go become a t-shirt company. I'm not going to go create my own pacifiers or like, that's ridiculous. I would be spinning my wheels. And, and that's why there's such a thing as licensing. Someone that's an expert in, you know, they want to have glasses that are unicorn jazz. And it's so much better than me trying to focus on that because there's a lot of pains that come with trying to develop your own product. And, and I would rather just keep writing, which is my favorite thing, and, and grow with, you know, reputable companies. So I knew that was my long-term vision. Um, I didn't know going into schools and having that impact and being so heartfelt was going to even push me harder. And I didn't know that the kids and adults were going to look up to me as far as like, I'm one of those people, there are many that I'm proof that you can do anything you want when you set your mind to it. We hear this when we're growing up. I'm proof that you could do what you love in life and, and get by, you know, and, and people will help you. You'll figure it out. Um, I had challenges, you know, again, during the pandemic, I was able to create content. Not many people could had that, but I stopped saying no in, in 2018 to taking on marketing you know, companies, people sometimes will ask me if they don't know that I have a background in marketing, who does your marketing? And I'm like, me, like, can I hire you? No, because <laughs> then I don't have that kind of time, you know, balance. Um, so it was, it was very, um, it was very rewarding for me in a sense and, and to be able to say no, which many times in life, you know, it's hard to say no uh, to certain things, yeah, but so hard. I, I, but <laughs> I, an entrepreneur and you want to, you're like, yes to everything. No, no, I'm really good at saying no, because I know the balance, I, the balance game. I like having, you know, a good life. I have, I'm in a wonderful relationship. I have my family. I, I, to me, every, every day, every week is about like, how do I balance this? You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's just a work. And, and for me, it brings me so much joy to bring joy to other people. And I've had my share of struggles without a doubt. And to me, this is a better way to be and, and to be the leaders of happiness, as I say with my unicorn jazz kids who help and who are part of the show as I get to know the families. 
And it's, you know, we're going to spend our lives, our waking hours doing things that are good or are going to help others or not. And I prefer the, the positive aspect. What was one of the biggest risks you have taken over this journey with developing Unicorn Jazz that has paid off? Um, I would say, you know, self-publishing, even though like I have my own publishing company, um, it, it would be that, uh, that I didn't, you know, wait for a literary agent or, you know, professional publishing company. I figured things out myself because of my impatience, but at the same time, um, learning about how to brand a book, how, you know, how important the cover is going to be, you know, when people want to buy it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Uh, it, it was also, um, you know, I, I, I did get some pushback from people that didn't know me as, you know, children's brand. Like I, I, before this, I was known for building businesses and working with adults. And, and I've had some people that know me from that former life saying, why children's books? You know, like they, you know, or, or when I said, like, we're going to make puppets during the pandemic, you know, can people, you know, family and friends, can you send me your little puppet shows? And, and they were just like, we don't get why she's doing this, you know, and I, and I so not understanding, like, I guess the bigger vision. Um, and, and then those, there's, there's those that are my supporters that would be like, whatever she's doing, we're going to do, because we know it's going to be big. So it's just consistency over time. So I needed to build a consistency over time of, yes, I am a children's author. I am a full-time children's author. I am full-time going to create and grow unicorn jazz until the day I die and leave a legacy. I, you know, knowing when I go into schools and I see all my books on the school, you know, library shelves and in the teacher's shelves, realizing that one day when I'm gone from this earth, that like, look what you created. And I just think, wow, <laughs> I never would have thought that from a child, you know, growing up and, and, you know, having to get books from a public library, knowing that, you know, we, you and I were older than Google, we didn't have YouTube. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, again, a, you know, a girl where the odds were against me with, with what I had, you know, a Hispanic family and, and um, not having the means, you know, I, I didn't have a, a business um, guru, you know, mentor. My, my mentors were the people that I learned about in my 20s, you know, studying speakers like Wayne Dyer, studying, you know, Tony Robbins and, and, and doing a lot of personal development. So personal development, I, I believe in for anybody, any age, you, can, you can't ever stop growing and learning. And uh, so I'm, I, I'm a lifelong learner of all different things. And the more that I learn, the more I can share and draw from the amazing people in the world. Yeah, I like that you said that because I think that's really important. I equally will agree with you that I'm a lifelong learner and it's so important for me to continue to learn and grow. And that's a lot of what I want to create in my own legacy is that ability for exposure and the voice that you really can do anything you want to. I like that you said earlier that you can put one foot for you know, put one foot in front of the other and you can be anything you want to be, no matter where your beginnings came from, you can grow and develop from, from those learnings. And I love that you also said that consistency. So, and actually, if you think about the biggest risk you took was the consistency that you were going to be a full-time children's author. That often is the hardest risk or the biggest mindset jump that we have to overcome when we think about making any change, career, personal, or otherwise. You know, 
making that shift that we are going to be this. I, I remember when I stepped out on my own and decided I was going to run the dot full time. You know, it was a it was scary, but I kept telling myself, I know I can do this. And my mom has always said, your mind has to have a way out, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I knew this is what I wanted to do, but I also told myself if everything goes to some place that I can't handle, I can always step back in the classroom and be an educator. Right. I'll be a yeah. different educator. I mean, yeah. just for you, and I know our mindsets were going to be in our full-time entrepreneurial journeys, but there was a, uh, that often helped me kind of balance that a little bit too, because that risk of consistency, knowing too, though, if something happened, I, I could give myself a, a little bit of a, a wiggle room. But I want to talk a little bit more about your show on Amazon um, TV. I, it's, it's incredible. How did that happen? And I know you said that it started here over the pandemic, but give us a little insight about how that what that yeah like. well if you grew up watching sesame street like many of us did i did um i i, I love sesame street growing up and i have a son who's a 30 year old who's a nurse he's actually one of my puppets Treziki, who's a zebra horn oh in the thing i do again he and he's a very he's a big time entertainer fun guy he you know he could have been an actor when he was younger but he chose to become a nurse and i think that's a great career for him and I have a, a almost 16 year old. So 15 years apart, my kids. So I grew up with Sesame Street three times, my life and their lives. <laughs> like, yes, and yes. So I got positive reinforcement, knowing the songs. I mean, I could draw from songs from childhood and this, and, and then, you know, it was educational in nature. We didn't know that growing up. We just liked the fun and the entertainment factor. So when I created the thing I do, thankfully we have, a lot of us have these amazing iPhones technology. Look at how a lot of the world learned to connect on Zoom when we never knew how to before. I did have somewhat of a technology background and I started realizing I could get different people to send in content, you know, I'm gonna call it, edit it, merge it together, stitch it together, you know, and and make a show. And I don't have little kids. I, I always wish I had little kids in my house because anyway, we would just be, you know, full grown making content all the time. And in the beginning, I started asking friends who have kids. Can, and, you know, they would like the kid next door, not professional talent experience. And we did the best we could. Then I started using social media, um, getting my assistant Amanda uh, using hashtags for really reaching out to people that are, were professional, you know, Broadway singer, actor, Julian Lerner over a year ago, it was National Unicorn Day. And we connected with, of course, you always connect with the parents and this is what we're doing. And it's the pandemic. Can you help? Let's bring happiness to kids. Yes. And then they would be like, yes, we want to help you. You know, how can we not want to help you bring happiness to kids? The kids had the time. Many kids, Winter Donnelly's mom, another Broadway singer performer. She's like, you would never have access to my kid if it wasn't for the pandemic. They would be doing shows. They wouldn't have time for this new show that I'm just creating, you know. Um, Emily Isabel, which is my superstar. I got to know her family um, her mom, Victoria, um, and I started, again, rebuilding these relationships. I would get on the phone, sometimes spend an hour telling them, you know, I had to get, they had to know who I was. They didn't know who Lisa was. They didn't know who Unicorn Jazz was. And I said, look, you know, I can't go into schools. You're, if, just, if your child want to lend, lend their talent, I'll make them shine. You know, I'll do different things. Um, made them, you know, this, Emily Isabel, she sings three of my songs, which I have a children's album called The Thing I Do. And, and the, I started working with the kids on FaceTime one-on-one -on -one. again, now helping their brand in ways that I didn't, you know, cause that was what I could give them. And, and the parents would say, anytime you have access to my kids, you, you can do that. They, they trusted in what I was doing for the greater good. 
And I was very authentic in like, I am doing this on a shoestring budget. And I will tell you, you know, like um, baby Einstein was invented out of a woman's garage. And then, you know, five years later, she signed it to Disney. And I just said, look, I'm a person that thinks big and, and collectively let's, can we, do you want to help each other? I did a lot of givebacks during the pandemic. I, I did a 12 days of Christmas song. That's a music video also on Amazon TV where hundred percent of proceeds were donated to children's hospital at Orange County. I got 24 kids to participate, professional kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a book drive. So for me, it's like, if you don't know what you can do in life and if you feel depressed or stuck, give back, give to a worthy cause. And so for me, I got, I was so busy and, and I worked more than I ever did during the pandemic in my life, not, not then making the monetary ad that I have created, but it didn't matter. It did, I was able to do it. And for me, it was, a, it was an, an opportunity to create so many things rapidly, creatively. And, and that, that's kind of the behind the scenes. People are like, how did you do that? Well, that's how I did it. I mean, my mouth is sort of like nodding and hanging open because I'm like, that's just simply amazing. And I nuggets that I pulled out of it was the building of the relationship. Again, your consistency to me, that is actually the theme that I have heard throughout our entire conversation is the consistency showing up every day and knowing and understanding what your mission is and what you want to do. And, and the other piece that I think just really resonates so much with me, Lisa, because it feels so much like the work that I uh, equally do in my work with computer science and girls is that connection with your community and yeah. bringing in others to support you. You know, it's often hard for us to think about. We don't know it all. Right. But you've even mentioned that a couple of times. But having that community support is so much more exhilarating as an entrepreneur than it is if we are just trying to do this on our own. Right. And I love that very core pieces you mentioned, the relationship building, the consistency. The other thing that the other thing that you have said that I think is really, really uh, important is that you have still continued to keep your skill set current by learning to edit, by understanding the digital platform, by understanding Amazon and the empower that that can bring to the table to grow your brand. And that's equally as important. It goes back to that lifelong learning that even though you aren't Mm -hmm. crazy about editing, you've Mm -hmm. done it and now you know how to do it and you can help whenever you do you outsource that, you know what to tell people for what you want in your, in your show. Yeah, I, w- I work with um, editors, um, interns from Biola University. That's also how I was able to to grow the thing I do show. And they're really good. I mean, they, they even though they're in school and they're learning and they need real world experience. So I'm like, you could get it with me. <laughs> and and I, w- I teach them a lot of these nuggets that I've shared on the show about relationship building, getting picking up the phone. And you can't just post something on social media and then expect everything to grow. You For me, you don't have to do this, but this is what I would say is that's what I've done. And I always did this for my brands and the clients I represented. you got to build those relationships. I, I check in with all the families I work with. I follow them. I comment on their posts. They're, they're part of my world. And it feels really good because I, I, one, I never had daughters. Always wish I did because I had sisters. And now with unicorn dads, you think I don't have, you know, pseudo daughters now. And, and I, I have these kids that follow me and, and they look up to me and the, the work that I get to post and, and I'm friends with kids, you know, like, how cool is that? And I, I get the best of the kids and, 
And I'm able to then, um, I bring sometimes like Emily Isabel on podcasts with me, or, you know, she's gone on, uh, she's done, some, she's been on some press and newspaper outlets with me. And, and she went on virtual school visits with me. I just said, hey, you want to be part of this? Like, I don't, if I'm going to have 40 minutes, I'll, you know, kids would rather hear from kids than an adult, you know, not that they didn't want both. And again, they were like, yes, we want to do that. We want to have as much fun as you're doing. And, and the schools would just open up and for career day, I, I said, do you want to have a, a, a kid singer um, actor that's on part of career day? Yes. So it, it was through those relationships I built with school counselors, with principals, with the parents, with the librarians. And that's who my world is. You know, it's not for me to talk to a teacher and to, you know, share the curriculum I have beyond the books and get them involved. Uh, all of this that I changed who my world is now. I love this world. I, I did. I love the world of business and marketing. Yes, I did. I did. But now because it's impacting children and, and I'm able to, you know, resonate with them. And again, I get, it takes me back to my, my childhood. I, I feel like I get to be seven all the time with the grown up brain of wisdom and then bring in other people's skill set. Like if I got to know you over time, I'm going to find out what you're doing. I'm going to be like, this is the thing you do. Can we share it with kids? You know? Yes. Yes. I have lots of things, Lisa, that I think we're going to be able to partner on because most of my work is centered around educators and women. I saw kids. that. I'm yes. really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I focus on um, computer science and implementing that across uh, curriculum and platforms within schools, but then very specifically in my nonprofit, Dottie Rose Foundation, I focus on middle school girls and computer science and finding their voice. And one piece that we talk a lot about is that ability to be able to write and communicate. You know, as I mentioned before, at the very beginning of the show, I think there was a time when it was, you know, you had to be a particular doctor, lawyer, you know, nurse, uh, yeah. whatever that is. And being a writer felt like you weren't ever going to make a living. Yeah. And the way in which our world has turned in which, and, and which technology will continue to grow and expand the way we interact, writing is one of the most imperative communication skills that we can get. Writing and reading, which I, mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier, being able to read and comprehend is so so important, no matter where we are in our careers, because it helps us continue to grow and become uh, better and better at, at our work and what we do. But I, I cannot wait to dive in more to find out how. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I do writers workshops. I, I, you know, I, I just people would ask me at schools, can you get them excited about writing? And I would, I just created a workshop. Sure, yeah. you know, it takes writing to create that. You know, um, so it's. No, I'd be happy. And, and anyone's listening to this, you know, if there's a school I can come to in your area, especially now that the pandemic's lifting in many areas. I love in-person school visits. I still do virtual. That's kind of cool um, to just use my studio and be in New York one hour and be in Texas another hour. Uh, being in person is my gra yeah. greatest. You know, of course, you have that live um, relationship factor. But yeah, you. Um, I appreciate you listening for the feedback of, of having that consistency over time that you said. And, and, you know, when people ask me if they were, you know, what's a secret or a nugget that of, of everything I've done together. And you said you hit it on the nose, Sharon, when I said it's relationships, building relationships, keep on doing it. Yeah. Keep on doing it. That was, and that was going to shift into if you could provide or think about a couple of pieces of advice that you would say to someone who is interested in continuing to grow their career, maybe jump into entrepreneurship uh, thinking about particularly making a career change, 
what are some thoughts, you know, uh, or a piece of advice you can share? I think you would say relationships, but is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, um, I close my skip a step chapter 13 um, with this quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It says, I hope you live a life you're proud of. I hope you live a life that's true. And if you're not, I hope you have the courage to start over again. And I love that for any stage of life, really, because a lot of times we, we don't know what we're doing. We're making mistakes, which everyone does. You know, we have trials and tribulations. Um, you know, suffering is a choice. And happiness is the choice on any given day. And we can rise up to that responsibility, whatever we have going on in our lives, knowing that we all going through this thing called life and, and you know, being adulting is hard. You know, I, I will say when I work yeah. with children, I go, God, they, they don't, do they realize how awesome being a child is? <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. I say it to my own two boys all the time because as I have two boys myself. They are 10 and seven and I, I'm like, do y'all know sometimes? <laughs> like, you should just enjoy all these things in childhood. Especially my now 10-year-old thinks he you know, is ready to be 10 going on 19. But I'm trying to keep bringing him back to that innocence of childhood. But so how can people learn, reach out, uh, work with you, and then find your, your book and your show in particular? Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm very searchable on Google. Um, I always give out unicornjazz.com because that's, that's um, my everything. Um, I'm very reachable on social media, very connected. You, you can write to me and I'll be, you'll probably be the one I write to back. Or I do have a small team, um, Lisa Caprelli, my first and last name, .com. Um, I have nuggets on there. Um, I welcome growing and connecting with like-minded people. Um, and, and again, with the greater good of giving back and, um, you know, with children and, and young adults that are our future. They are absolutely. And I think the work that you've done and your creativity and thinking through the process, leveraging your passion of writing to create this career, showing up every day is really inspirational. And I am just honored that you reached out and asked uh, to, to be on the show. For me, that's the biggest reward is that Yay. people are listening to the show and that is impacting and hopefully uh, giving some pieces of advice to um, including myself. You know, someone asked me the other day about what was the greatest joy about having the show. And I mentioned earlier, you know, I've had this passion for radio for a long time. And actually I thought when I was younger that I was going to be a uh, radio DJ, like on, you know, the re regular FM station. And it, it never quite felt right. I kept boomeranging back to education, which, you know, I knew ends up being that's, that's, that's where I'm supposed to be. But one of the greatest joys of this show and being able to interact with people like you is learning and growing and having this conversation of where we both have similarities and where I've learned tremendously just from what you've stated about the branding and going for your dreams and, and really leveraging that skill set to what is the legacy? What is the end result that you want to create and then keep building on that dream? And so I thank you for that, Lisa. Like I am, I am, I might be skipping the rest of the day because now I feel that unicorn jazz songs are going to be in my head. Because Yay. Well, I'm so grateful, Sharon. And thank you. And thanks for everyone who's a, a part of your growing show. Um, very grateful for people like you who are leaders and um, with leading comes a lot of responsibility, giving back and learning and growing and doing more. So I'm very grateful to be part of your network now as well. 
Thank you. And if you like what you've heard here on the Coding the Future show, I really invite you to follow us on the Voice America Network. Find me on any of your podcast apps, Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. And all of my guests are, are individuals that are passionate about sharing their work, their talents, and how they've grown themselves in their careers and their technology, finding that tech genius, leveraging their love and their passion and what we call the boomerang over and over again. I would love for you to follow us, to share, to comment um, on what you've enjoyed about the show and our guests. Please reach out to Lisa and uh, learn more about her books. Go to unicornjazz.com, purchase a book, find her show on Amazon Prime and give it a thumbs up because what she's doing is a great role model to our young people and also empowers them to put forth their voice and their thoughts into the world as well. And if you'd like to know more about the work that I do, please follow me at the .consulting.co or at Dottie Rose Foundation. And thank you again. Thank you, Lisa. And I look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode of Coding the Future. We'll see you all next week. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then. 